Hello friends and welcome. This is episode seven of Journey Into Fandom, a podcast where I have guests on to discuss what fandoms and communities they're a part of, what their experience has been, what the memes are and how toxic or wholesome it is. I'm so sorry this episode ended up being two weeks late. I've had a fair bit going on, but we're back, baby. This episode is a good one. I'm your host, Karislan, and today on the show, we had Travis on to talk about Marvel Comics and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Travis talked about his comic book collection, how that used to be a solitary hobby for him, but over time, he's become friends with other fans of comics and the MCU since he's found more people that share that interest. We talked about diversity in Marvel Comics and how that's improved a lot over the years, and it was a fascinating discussion. Now, without any further ado, please join me on this journey into fandom. And welcome to another episode of Journey into Fandom. My name is Karis. I am your host. And today with me, we have Travis. Hello. How are you? Hello there. I'm doing well. Amazing. Thank you for, thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. And so you have a podcast also. I, I do. I have, a, I have a couple. You have a couple. Do yeah. you want to tell the listeners what those are? So my longest running podcast is called Real Comic Heroes. Mm -hmm. And over there, we created a big list of comic book movies and we go through them and review them in release order. So we started in 1951 with Superman and the Mole Men. And now as of recording, we're in the mid 90s. We just did Batman Forever. Uh, we've got uh, Judge Dredd and, and a couple other yeah, you know, things like that coming up. Um, mm. And then I did a podcast called uh, Watchmen Minute. Okay. And it's part of the uh, movies by minutes genre. I don't know okay. if you're f familiar with that at all. I don't think so. I'll have to look this up later. So it, it was started by Star Wars Minute where they took uh, Star Wars, the entire franchise, and went through it one minute at a time. And really breaking down the movie and and you know getting into it, and so that spun off into many other podcasters doing their own franchises, and then I did I started Watchmen with a, with a co-host, and yeah, went through the the director's cut of uh, Watchmen one minute at a time. Amazing. Which, yeah, it's it's. I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds um, so much fun. Yeah. Um, so. So how far have you got for, the, for uh, it so, so far? <laughs> Watchmen Minute is completed. That one's done. Oh, you're finished. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, and awesome. then my my new podcast is called Marvel Events Timeline, where I'm kind of merging the two, like my real comic heroes and the movies by minutes idea. And um, we're going through the Marvel comics history one event at a time okay uh, starting in the in the 30s when it was uh, created so much fun i will definitely have to check these out later on amazing <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about 
Marvel Comics and also the MCU. I'm I'm hyped for this. Um, <laughs> so what I I get people to do. I'm sure everybody is familiar with both of those things, but I do like to do this. I like to put my guests on the spot and give them two minutes to like explain the topic, give a condensed wiki article version of what we're gonna be talking about. Would you be up for this? I, I think I can do it. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> All right. I have got two minutes on here. Oh, Are you're you... literally going to time me. I'm going to literally oh, time man. you. Are you ready okay. for this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's go. Okay. All right. So three, two, one, go. In 1939, Martin Goodman publishes Marvel Comics number one under the name Timely Comics. Um, his umbrella for the various comic books that he puts out mm. shortly after Superman appeared in Action Comics number one. So his first book uh, debuts two characters, the the Human Torch and Namor the Submariner. A few issues later in Marvel Mystery Comics number eight, nine, and ten, the Torch and Namor meet and have a fight over, over a few issues. Uh, so these characters... Uh, them meeting is the first time any two characters from separate stories had ever crossed paths. Uh, Batman and Batman and Superman wouldn't meet until like 1956 or 57 in the pages of a comic book. So essentially, uh, Timely Comics created what we would know now as the shared universe. Very so Timely cool. Comics changes its name to Atlas Comics. Atlas Comics becomes Marvel Comics in. Uh, 1961 on the cover of journey into mystery number 69 and then stan lee uh, creates the the fantastic four in 1961 along with uh, jack kirby and that creates what we kind of now know as the marvel comic universe and awesome. you know from there they go to the 80s and 90s and marvel is selling off all of their characters just to make money because uh, they're they're not doing well financially so they sell off, you know, the X-Men to Fox, uh, Silver Surfer, Daredevil, Fantastic Four, uh, Universal owns the Hulk, Spider-Man eventually goes to Sony, and they can't – the only thing they have left, left are the bottom-of-the-barrel characters like Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, Black Widow, Hawkeye, mm -hmm. real duds, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so a man named Kevin Feige meets uh, – John Favreau on the set of Daredevil, uh, Ben Affleck's Daredevil movie in like 2003. Uh, Kevin Feige was a production assistant for Fox. He worked on the X-Men movies and Daredevil. And Kevin Feige will later become the architect of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so, you know, the MCU starts in 2008 when, when Iron Man is released, but I really think it starts back in 2003 when yeah. uh, Kevin meets John Favreau. Awesome. I, I lost track of time. You're way oh. That's That's because I wasn't looking at my phone. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. So th this is fascinating to me because like there's different people that I've talked to and they've been like, yeah, like this person or this company or whatever really innovated this thing. And like, I've never thought of it that I've never thought that Marvel like literally innovated the shared universe because now that's just a thing. Like yeah. that's we take it for granted that those exist, right? 
For so, sure, yeah. I mean, that's and, fascinating. And it, it would have happened regardless, you know. Oh yeah, they I'm were sure. just the first to do it. Um, and with timely comics and, and Torch and Submariner, like they weren't even, you know, they they could have ended up work, uh, going to any comic book company because the guys that were working on those stories, they were just uh, writers and artists for hire. They were working for a company called Funnies Incorporated. And they were like subcontracted by uh, Timely Comics. Like, hey, I just need stories to fill my magazine. Mm. So I'm going to hire Funnies Inc. to provide me with with some stories every month. And so these these two guys, uh, Carl Burgos and uh, Bill Everett, were working on those uh, Torch and Namor stories. And they just kind of, you know, they, they, they happened to get hired by the right person at the right time. And those stories became part of the the timely comic universe, which then became Marvel eventually. So it kind of all starts there, but it it could have gone, you know, those stories probably could have gone to DC at, you know, just as easily. So, yeah, interesting. And like, I never knew that like the human torch is one of the first like characters. because, And it is important to, to distinguish that, it's not this. It's not the Human Torch from Fantastic Four. Oh, it's different. It's a okay. it's a different character. Yeah, the one from the '30s is he's an android who you know bursts into flame. Um, whereas the the version from the Fantastic Four, you know, is Johnny Storm. He's the kid brother of Sue Storm, and mm-hmm. he's part of the Fantastic Four. And it when they created the Fantastic Four, they they just kind of gave them. Uh, they really. <laughs> took an easy way out with the names of those characters. You know, Mr. Fantastic is not uh, very, you know, a, a difficult name to come up with. No, it's um, not the most creative name. <laughs> yeah, Invisible Woman or Invisible Girl at the time, The Thing, you know. And then uh, uh, Human Torch, they just borrowed a name that they'd used, you know, 20 years earlier. And they Marvel did that with characters like uh, The Destroyer. Uh, okay. was a name, you know, now we know him as Drax the Destroyer. Uh, the vision is a name that they used and is the name that, of a character that uh, Jack Kirby created in the in the 40s, 41, something like right. that. So they just kind of reuse some stuff like that. You know, I mean, like, I think that naming anything is hard. Yeah. So I get it. I get being like, this is a cool character. What are we going to call it? Uh, well, they're not going to remember this name from this character way right. back. So let's just chuck that in there. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, awesome. So tell me a little bit about your fandom journey. So how, when did you s- discover like Marvel? How did you get invested? It started for me in the early 90s, like 92, 93 is when I first, um, I definitely, it's the same year that I, I got my first comic book, uh, which was a Batman comic, uh, the issue directly after Bane broke Batman's back. <laughs> and then, so that, that kind of stuff was, was going around my, my class, you know, going around my school, um, the the trading cards were real big for me because they were easy to collect. You know, they were small. You could trade them with your friends. You could buy a pack for, you know, a couple bucks and you get eight or nine, ten cards that were then tradable. Um, so that was big for me. And then around the same time, you got 
cartoons like uh, Batman, the animated series, the Fox X-Men cartoon and Spider-Man, the animated series. So those were on and that kind of contributed to just my love for these characters and got me into, you know, eventually I'd, I'd be spending all my allowance and lunch money on comic books. And anytime I was at a store that had comic books, I would try to buy what I could. Um, so my collection in the early days was uh, so random, you know, <laughs> I, I could never get two of two books of the same series, like back to back, you know, I would just buy, here's an X-Men book. Here's a Spider-Man book. Here's a Batman, you know, just whatever I could find that right. had a cool enough cover, you know, but over time I was able to, you know, that, that led to me becoming a, a regular collector and then going to the comic book stores and, you know, just being able to, to put more, more and more of my money, you know, uh, comic books and then build up my collection that way and then like, i've been a regular you know comic buyer since the late 90s and i've uh, built up a collection between like uh five and six thousand comics somewhere in wow. there. wow amazing which yeah so uh yeah it's just one of those these things that that uh has kind of just been a part of my life for the you know uh most of it i guess Mm. That that's so interesting and like <laughs> when you said the thing about oh yeah my collection was so random and I just had like whatever they sold I think that like that's something that's like not scared me but I would say like is intimidating about collecting comic books it's like where do you start because there's so sure. many things and like so many stores don't have like issue one of anything right. it kind of just starts like somewhere random in the middle like whatever's currently I mean, so you're like well how do I get the first one? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it, it can be overwhelming. That that is for sure. The the company the comic book companies, Marvel and DC and and you know some of the other ones, they they do a fairly good job of routinely coming out with uh jumping on points. You know, here we're we're gonna kind of reset things a little bit. It may not be a complete reboot. Um now DC has done I think more reboots than Marvel has. Okay. Cause DC goes back to the, you know, 1938. Right. And then in the eighties, they, they, things were getting so far, uh, out of control. There were so many, the multiverse, you know, you have so many earths and, and their version of Superman and they're crossing over with, uh, the mainstream universe and, and things are just getting convoluted. So they, they came out with a storyline called, um, uh, Oh, now it now it's blanking. Um, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Okay, and and they decide, okay, we're going to take all that and we're just going to squish it down to one universe. And so they they kind of reset everything from there, and then that goes until 2011, and they come out with the the new 52 is what they call it. Yeah, I've heard uh, of that. Yeah, yeah. So they kind of just reset everything, you know, where by by saying, okay. The DC universe is only five years old at this point. You know, um, Batman and Superman, they've only been running around for five years and, and they just kind of start, start over from there. Um, and then that goes until like 2017, maybe when they, they launch what's called rebirth and they kind of do it again. They, they reset the DC universe again. Um, and that's kind of when I stopped reading DC rebirth really kind of, kicked me out of of uh, dc 
But oh. uh, uh, Marvel, on the other hand, kind of has had one continuous uh, universe from day one. They've done soft reboots. You know, they've reset some some things a few times. You know, because of course, like Spider Man starts in '63, and he's a high school and then a college student, and you know, now he would be, you know, what he'd be a 60 year old man. You know, you can't right, really do yeah. the, the same stories if he doesn't age or whatever. That's right. So you do some soft reboots and, and now instead of, you know, him being a, a college student in the seventies, yeah, he went to college in the, you know, nineties or whatever. You just kind of fudge some of the, the, the timing that way. But for the most part, Marvel has been one continuous universe for the entire time. But yeah, you do these, uh, new number ones, you start a book over and you kind of, Reset the status quo a little bit, um, not to the extreme that, that DC has for sure. But I, I do think Marvel is easier, I think, to to get into. Interesting. Well, if I ever want to start a comic book collection, I guess that's where I have to look. So <laughs> excellent. So what's your current like involvement in the community in terms of yeah fandom stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still buy comics. Um, I buy f- I buy fewer physical books now than I than I used to because most of what I'm reading I'm reading on the Marvel Unlimited app, um, uh, you know, on my phone or on my on my tablet. And but I still always have a pull list at my local comic book shop. Like I'm I'm always going to buy Amazing Spider Man. You know that that has been my my the book that I've tried to collect the most. You know, I've tried to go back and, and buy all the the older ones that I can. You know I'm only missing like a hundred issues out of the I mean almost a thousand issues that That's there amazing. are now, you know. I guess that being said, like I I don't interact with that that fandom as much like in person and I've I've ne- comics have never been uh, comics have always kind of been a solitary thing for me. Like okay. even as as a kid, I didn't have any friends that that were into comics on the on the level that I was. You know, I mean most of us you know, watch those cartoons together and we'd uh, maybe do the trading cards and stuff like that together. But like no one really got into comics that I knew. Um, and then so that just kind of kind of progressed from there where I didn't meet other people who were really into comics. And I never, you know, really got into comic. Like I said, comics were just kind of a solitary thing for mm. me. Okay. So that's why, like, now it's almost easier to talk about comics on a podcast or um, in a, you know, message group on my, you know, on my phone or, or whatever. Like, it's almost easier to talk about this kind of stuff when there is a mic in front of me because I'm that's that's kind of how I'm used to talking about it now. Because I could oh, always cute. tell, like, as a teenager or as a young adult, you know, talking about comics in person with somebody, it you could you could tell that moment when their their face expression was like, oh, uh, now I'm stuck in a conversation about comics with this guy. So you can kind of tell like, <laughs> right. okay, they're checked out. So maybe I shouldn't be as excited about this kind of stuff with other people, you know? So I've, I've kind of struggled with that a little bit. So it's hard. It's hard yeah. to find people in person that are like your tribe and that are like yeah. into the same thing. I, I think that's why, in my experience, anyway, and from talking to some, to, to a lot of people on this show, it's like online is like the place to be. Yeah. To find people. 
that are into the thing. Yeah. And then I think with the with the growth of the the MCU or not Mm -hmm. even just the MCU, but just comic book movies in general, it brings it to such a such a larger audience that there's a fine balance of like being able to talk to people that are also excited to talk about this stuff. But then it's like you're kind of waiting for the moment. I was like, okay, are they a fan of the movies? Are they a fan of the characters in the comics that, you know, the movies come from? And so, you know, once you find out like, well, they, they only know the movies. It's like, okay, well then, then we, we still have that in common, but we don't have the 60 years worth of, of content to also talk about, um, which, you know, you can still have a conversation with people, of course, but it might limit that, you know, but I mean, I'm, I'm certainly, I don't know everything there is to know about comics going back that far. So I'm, I'm not even the one to, I don't, I certainly don't know everything, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think as far as the MCU is concerned, like, I think, yeah, it's much easier to find people that are fans of the movies than yeah. I think it is to find people that also read the comics. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've never really read comics at all. I mean, I read manga at the moment, okay. um, and that's about it. See, and that's a, that's a universe I don't know nothing about, you know, so that I would be so overwhelmed, you know. Yeah. If you started telling me, you know, anything about that kind of stuff, like, yeah, um, well, that's a whole other show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's it's really interesting. And I know there's a lot of um discourse at the moment going on about, oh, manga is like outselling Western comics or whatever. Mm. And it's like, hmm, uh, well, I don't know about that. Like, I mean, it <laughs> might be a thing for now, but things always swing around. Things always come back. So right. I'm sure that. You know, there's always things that that are going to appeal to, you know, a newer generation down the line. So I think that they'll um, that they'll come back into. Well, I I don't even really know. Like, it's not to say like this is just from my looking at people making YouTube videos. Occasionally there's like a clickbaity video. It's like, oh, mine goes like selling blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well. Does that mean the comics are like on their way out? Like, I don't <laughs> think so. I think comics no. are around forever. <laughs> I th- I think it's we're just in this new uncharted territory of having so much content. You know, if you right. told if you would have told, you know, 12 year old me that there's a, a new Marvel movie coming out and and you're not even going to try and go see it in theater. I mean, of course, the the year plus that we've lived in that there are other reasons why I'm not running out to a movie theater, but you know, like there are so many comic book movies and TV shows coming out nowadays that I don't feel the urgency to go see everything. You know, I might get around to things eventually, but you know, in the, in the early two thousands, like I'm going to the theater to see every comic book movie, you know, Mm-hmm. Whether it's Daredevil, uh, Hellboy, Spider Man, um, I mean, whatever's coming out now, it's like I'll, I'll get to it eventually, maybe you know, um, because we have so much content now, and it's all just spread out, you know. So I think that that applies to everything, you know. That maybe, yeah, right now, if manga is outselling comic books, you know, I'm not surprised, but I also think like everyone's attention is being uh, 
spread out across so many avenues now, you know, where as before you had like one or two outlets for the, the your interests, I guess. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I think, yeah, I guess we can we can chat about sort of like fandom discourse and stuff at the moment. So like, what would you say is like the main discourse that's going on at the moment well, i guess it's probably in terms of the mcu maybe it's probably like shang chi which i've not seen yeah, yet yeah. i'm probably going to see it like in the next couple of days i'm really excited okay. i've heard really good things yeah that's definitely uh, that's a perfect example of one that i'm 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 super glad that it got made i think it could have gotten made you know much sooner um that's been part of the the discourse i think is the diversity in all this content, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it should have happened sooner in saying that if we'd had a Shang-Chi movie 10 years ago, it may not have been very good, you know, 10, yes. 15 years ago. Now it's probably being made by the right people now with the right voices, but it's, it sh- yeah, it, it's, it's a weird, hard balance of this should have come out much sooner. You know, Marvel should have done a female-led, you know, movie much sooner than Captain Marvel or Black Widow. But again, like, did you have the right voices in place to to tell those stories, you know, mm. in the mid-2000s? Probably not, you know. Interesting. Yeah, I think, like, the diversity thing is a lot of, yeah, I think I think that's what draws a lot of people to, to manga, to be honest with you. Like, not- sure. Because Japanese culture is just inherently different. They're mm. not pushing that at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and it's much more about like telling individual stories than like the same characters kind of over and over. And I think I, so that's interesting. Um, I don't know what you think about that. Uh, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on that whole aspect. But yeah. Um, because I've not seen Black Widow either. I did want to see it, and then I just didn't get right to it. So uh, that is one that we did the the Disney Plus, like uh, whatever you pay the pay the the amount and you get it, you know, at home uh, right away. So and that I'm glad we did that. I think it was a well made movie. Um, um, so going back, what you wanted my thoughts on on what exactly on on the whole like. I guess the, the the perception that that Marvel DC Western comics are pushing diversity, I guess over story is mm. the kind of discourse that I see sometimes. I, I think that's probably a fair um point. I think you know every, every it seems like every couple of weeks, you know, there we're announcing, you know, whether it's in movies or in comics, you know, there's a new uh new minority character, you know, uh, you know, they're coming out with, uh, you know, we're introducing, uh, uh, Kamala Khan as part of the, the Ms. Marvel, you know, that, that series, she's coming out with a series. And then in the Captain Marvel sequel, the Marvels, I think. Um, so you got that character who's been huge for, for several years in the comics, you know, um, I think another area where it's been successful was, uh, the Spider-Verse, you know, when mm-hmm. with bringing uh, Miles Morales, who has been a fan favorite for uh, probably nearly a decade, maybe I don't know how far back he goes, maybe 2007 or eight, maybe, I guess. 
That may be so good. Uh, yeah, I mean that <laughs> I is... can't wait for the sequel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so I do think the these companies are they're trying to increase their their uh, minority characters or their characters who that connect with different fan bases. You know, mm -hmm. you're seeing a lot more LGBTQ characters, uh, which is great. Yes. Um, I, I do, you know, I, I hope, and maybe this is where the manga stuff is more successful. I just hope that, that there are the right stories behind these characters and not just, we want to make headlines by making this character gay, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, I, I hope there's a reason to tell that story and not just we want to make headlines, you know. Mm. And I think that's hard because yeah. oh, it's so it's so difficult. It's it's a really yeah. hard balance, I think, because I think a lot of people are upset that a race or, you know, whatever or sexuality is not really a character trait. It's sure. just it's not a personality. It's just a thing, which is great. And that's fine. But it's like, what else have you got? Yeah, um, yeah. And but then I think there's a lot of other people that are just slandering characters in general because they don't like the idea of sure. this is this is my thing and I want to hold on to it. Um, so the characters have only got to be you know male and straight or right. whatever. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so I think yeah, it's hard. But it's especially hard, I think, with the Marvel side of it where, you know, it started, I mean, let's say it started in, in 61 with fantastic four and it goes from 61 until 66 before Marvel creates black Panther. And then, so that five years in between there, you had a handful of African-American characters in the comics or characters of African descent, but not never like, a few of them might have had a speaking line in the comics, probably not right. that many. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, Black Panther shows up and, and, but it's still another year goes by. I think in, um, it's part of the, the Ant-Man, like, maybe it's in Avengers, but they create a character called Bill Foster who eventually becomes a, uh, Goliath. I probably call him black Goliath. I think, because uh, every black character gets, you know, black in their title, um, mm -hmm. which, yeah, that sort of thing was so slow to roll out. You know, yeah, it, it you definitely needed the that diversity much sooner. But again, the people creating these comics, you know, they don't have a diverse background, you know, but I do think like Stan Lee and I think Jack Kirby, like they they tried, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and I th do think it was coming from a place of uh, acceptance and tolerance, um, you know, trying to promote that message. There's a, a great quote. Um, actually, I have it here uh, from Stan Lee. You know, he printed it in the back of it, all, all their issues, you know, not every single issue, but they would have what's called uh, Stan's, Stan's soapbox. Mm -hmm. And just like his like editorial column, he could write whatever he wanted. Oh, that's cool. And this one, he says, let's lay it right on the line. Bigotry and racism are among the deadliest social ills plaguing the world today. Mm -hmm. uh, it's totally irrational, patently insane to condemn an entire race, to despise an entire nation, to vilify an entire religion. Sooner or later, we must learn to judge each other on our own merits. 
Sooner or later, if a man is ever to be worthy of his destiny, we must we must fill our hearts with tolerance. And so, you know, stuff like that. That's great. I, I, it is great. <laughs> ten you ten know, ten. good job, Stanley. He knew what but, was up. <laughs> but it's like, and I love that about Stan. But it's like, if you also, you know, look back at at you know, while he's talking about t- tolerance and as far as race and religion, you look at those early um, comics, whether it's Fantastic Four or Avengers, and all the female characters are. You boys have fun with that invention. Invention. I'm gonna go shopping and get my hair done. You know, so it's, it's like right. you you make you're making good advancements here, but over here you're still falling behind, and it's probably because they didn't have um, a lot of female writers at the time. Um, I know there's a woman named uh, Marie Severin who goes to uh, she does a lot of the art on some of the incredible Hulk stories back then, but I don't think she was, a, uh, you know, able to contribute to the, the stories, you know, back then. But so it's still, you still have men writing female characters. And, and for a long time that, that was not very successful. I don't think, um, no, <laughs> you know, so, but it's like, so it, it's tough on one hand, you, you do have the, the, um, using comics for, tolerance and acceptance and that sort of thing but you know it, it can be tough to 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 recommend stuff like that to go back and and you know like i've spent the last couple of years going back and using the marvel unlimited app to read everything that i could from the that those 60s you know i i treat it as if i'm going to the comic book store and like i'll buy you know my my issue of fantastic four i'll read that and then when that one's done i i jump over to avengers and read that and then thor and captain america and so i'll go through everyone's book for that month and then i'll start the cycle over you know go back to fantastic four so it's like i'm reading everything in release order and what i'm finding is like some of the stories are really fantastic but some of the characters are not that you know well uh, established or well, right. uh, you know, thought. So it, it's hard to recommend like going back, you know, for, for comics should be for everyone. They're not written for everyone. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I think cause some people, so I know that I, um, very much a character driven person. So like if I find the characters compelling, yeah. like I'll be into it. Like the plot can be great, but if I find the characters not, to me i will just be like nah i don't enjoy this Mm -hmm. um so i guess for some people they're they value plot over characters and that's fine but it's like i i really need there to be something Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but yeah no that's that's interesting and i do think like yeah the the whole comic book industry come a long way i mean i think so um yeah there's I mean, there's still some some weird choices. Like, I mean, so Wonder Woman eighty four. That was a movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. People people don't like it. I really enjoyed it personally. Like, I understand it's not a perfect movie. I know there's many issues there. I I liked it a lot. Um, it's just I think, some weird choices. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's one of those. Um, I use I use the example of 
Avengers Age of Ultron a lot where when it came out, it 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 was a disappointment, you know, for the most part. Right. It, it people didn't like it as much as the first Avengers, um, but it was also a sequel that had to live up to being an Avengers sequel. Right. I think it's one of those that has aged very well. I think if you go back and, and rewatch that movie, I think it's great. Um, a lot of great character moments in that, um, you know, a lot of, uh, some good Thor moments, you know, you get vision picking up Thor's hammer, you know, like just great moments. Um, vision probably the standout character in that movie, of course. Um, but I, I think given, you know, the separating that from, um, trying to live up to its release. I think it, it, it works much better. And I think wonder woman 84 is going to be a movie in five years. When you rewatch it, it's going to feel a lot better because it's not trying to live up to the hype of the first movie. You know, you can just watch it as a movie and it's not, you're not trying to watch it as the brand new has to live up to the first one sort of, uh, expectation that that I think a lot of these movies get and so if a movie isn't amazing right off the bat you know give it some time like go back and rewatch it in a couple of years and you might really like it you know um, yeah I think that's good advice um there's a lot of movies that I need to rewatch I've not seen for a long time like sure. I remember I remember rewatching um Guardians of the Galaxy volume 2 like um yeah about, I don't know, three or four years after I saw it the first time. And being like, this movie's great. It's way better than I remember it being. <laughs> that, that's um, still one that I, I it it hasn't gotten better on my rewatches. I, I'd never really cared for that one. Uh, it's on the lower, you know, if I rank the, the entire MCU, it's always on the lower end. But whereas like a movie like Age of Ultron, it, it gets better and better each time, you know. So I don't, just for example, just for yeah, comparison. Yeah, I don't think I've ever rewatched Age of Ultron, so I'm going to have to do that. Yeah, I like I think for me, uh, these events are kind of like an event mm-hmm. and uh, like I don't necessarily because there's so many. <laughs> yeah, um, it's like I don't necessarily go back and like watch them again, apart from the sure. ones I like really enjoyed, um, such as Doctor Strange. Mm. and yeah. uh what else i don't know probably like the guardians films and some other ones but um yeah so are there any online content creators that you follow that sort of cover comic books or like the mcu and do you think that they represent the fandom well um I, it's hard to say i mean i think for for me like as far as creators go Kevin Feige is, is again, is that name that, that I kept thinking of. Like he's the architect of the MCU. He's outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, I think that's where some other franchises have been less successful because they haven't had somebody at the helm, like, like a Kevin Feige. You know, I think, you know, DC has needed someone, you know, clearly they tried to make it Zack Snyder and and he wasn't the guy with, uh, with, Star Wars, I think they needed someone and they shouldn't have tried to put it all on, you know, a JJ Abrams or, you know, they, they mm-hmm. needed someone to take the story and give them an outline at the, at the start. And I think Kevin Feige's done that. Um, but, uh, 
uh, yeah, I think that's why they've been so successful. Um, but then as far as like other voices in, in the fandom that I think, um, pay attention to like what there's a guy named Mark Bernardin. He's a podcaster. Um, he does a lot of stuff with Kevin Smith. Um, and, and of course, Kevin Smith is another voice, I think in the fandom that's, that has been around for a long time. Uh, and I think has over overall has been a positive voice in, in the fandom. Um, but kind of his co-host Mark Bernardin, I think is another person that is worth paying attention to and like following on like Instagram or, or Twitter or kind of, um, just has a, an interesting point of view, I think. Cool. Yeah, I really like to to take a deep dive into what's going on in the YouTube sphere and what yeah. people are saying on Twitter. So that's fun. I'm, I'm not on. I'm not a YouTube guy. I, you had a, the question about like what uh, what oh, platforms, yeah. what platforms, and that. and mm-hmm. yeah, I'm. YouTube is not my thing. Um, I have I can't just watch videos. Uh, um, that's I mean that's why podcasts are so so great for me because I can you know. I'm fortunate enough to have a job that I can listen to music or podcasts all day long and still do my job, you know? And so that's why audio is much better for me. Whereas I can't really watch a video, you know, that often, or I don't have that desire to watch someone's YouTube channel as much as I I do make a podcast out of it. And then, then, then we're good. You know, Mm um, I think, uh, uh, the Weekly Planet is a podcast that I think have uh, – there are great, great content creators, great voices to, to listen to. We love them. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and – oh, where was I going with – oh, oh, so then other platforms like Reddit. Mm-hmm. Oh, Reddit is overwhelming for me. I, I, I'm, I've missed the boat on Reddit. Yeah, I've never looked at it. Yeah, so I think for, if I'm going to interact with people online, it's probably going to be Facebook. It's probably going to be in a group, you know, in a a specific type uh, fan group. You know, there's some Marvel ones that I'm in. Um, there's the the various like Podmate groups, you know, that spin off of the the Weekly Planet kind of uh, world. Um, so many of those. Yeah, yeah, and they're so good. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I'm in a bunch of uh, great mate groups. Yeah, I started one, uh, uh, Propagating Mates, for uh, anyone who's into like houseplants or gardening. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm trying to grow avocados, fun fact. It's not, I mean, it's going all right. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I have a friend who's a a plant tuber. He makes Mm. YouTube videos about avocados and other things, so. Nice. That's that's so fun. I might have to check that out. Yeah. See if I can get some avocado tips from people. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, um, have you ever been to any like cons or anything like that? Met people? I've only been to like three comic conventions and oh, and that's only in like the last four or five years. Um, they were I mean, I, I live in Indianapolis, which oddly is like it's a big convention town. Uh, because it's like very centrally located, easy to get to. It's cheaper than Chicago, et cetera. And but we didn't really have any big conventions here. Okay. So like as a kid, I, I had heard of comic book conventions, but that was something that happened in Chicago, New York, or San Diego. Like to me, right. like I didn't understand that every city, you know, every summer had Comic Cons. 
you know, because there just weren't really any here. And, you know, I wasn't going to travel for something like that. Um, Just it wasn't, you know, that that just wasn't a thing that was ever going to happen, you know. So then once I got old enough to kind of do things on my own, drive myself or had money, you know, it, it still just timing wise, it never really worked out. It, it always seemed like like the idea of driving to Chicago to go to Comic-Con just seemed like who does that, you know? Um, right. It's totally like now it's totally, you know, reasonable thing to do. It just seemed overwhelming. Um, especially like if, if you saw any footage of like a San Diego Comic-Con or or one of these big ones, it just seems like it's so many people. It's so much, you know, it's so overwhelming. Um, and again, like for me, comics were very a singular kind of thing. Like why would I want to go to a convention center and be around, in a, you know, in a sea of people doing this thing that is a very personal thing. So I think that's what kept me away for so long. Interesting. And then, yeah, I mean, it, it we finally got some, uh, like in the same year, we got two comic cons in, in Indianapolis. And so I went to um, the first one for both of them. I think that that year and had a good time, you know, I met some comic creators, you know, got some stuff autographed and, and, and built uh or a, you know built up my my amazing spider-man collection you know i found a lot of key issues that I, I would never have found by you know going into my comic book store week after week you know because they just don't bring in the you know they don't add to the to the back issues that much you know yeah so so now it's like okay i, I understand now and 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 there are panels that you can attend and you can you know hear hear people talk and, and that sort of thing. And now it's like, yeah, I, I totally get it now. But, uh, as far as like, uh, meeting friends along the way, like, uh, that I think has come from, from podcasting. I've made friends with that. You know, I do have uh, comic book conversations with now mm-hmm. through podcasting. I met a friend named Brian and he and I, you know, just going back and forth in uh, a messenger, uh, about what we're reading on on Marvel Unlimited, like we would just recommend things to each other to read, and that's how that's where our our my Marvel events timeline podcast came from. He's my co-host over there, and you know that just came from talking about comics and and recommending things to each other. And then I think um, one of us recommended something, and then I mentioned like it'd be fun to have like a, a kind of like a, a a comic book reading club, like a book club. Like if you oh, could do cool. that, if you could do that as a podcast, that would be fun to, to go back to the, the, you know, early days of comics and kind of go in release order. And that's kind of where that's where our show, our show started. I was like, yeah, I, th- I think there's something here. You know, I think we needed to need to work some stuff out. And, and that's, yeah, that's how that new show was born. And it's, it's very, very new for us. We've only put out like, two episodes so that's awesome it's really cool um yeah to to meet people um via podcasting like i think that i think you can meet some really interesting people oh yeah just just doing a podcast and being like who wants to come on and talk about this and everyone's like yo i can i could do that and uh, it's so fun to get to talk to to people like yourself about things i'd never talk about otherwise that's great um (laughs) Yeah, I've only been to one convention and okay. it was 
okay. I, <laughs> yeah. I think that <laughs> I think that had I been with somebody else, it would have been better. Um, because uh, yeah, I, I went with my ex and he distracted me around stuff I didn't want to look at. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this yeah. is so boring. <laughs> like we just stood in line for ages for like sure to get some autographs, and I'm like, I really we could we could be doing other things. Yeah, and and that was part of like part of what kept me away for so long. Like when I did go to my first Comic Con, you know, my wife went with me, and the entire time I was like, I'm sorry, we're just standing here in line. I, you know, she kept saying like, Well, what do you want to do next? And I, like, it was tough to be like, well, I want to go stand in this line and wait for this person's autograph. You know, right. because I'm I I know that's not what you want to be doing, and and you know, it, it's so amazing that you're here with me, but it, it's it can be tough to be like trying to think of another person and, and, you know, who has no interest in being there, you know? Um, yeah. So I get it. Yeah. <laughs> that's hard. It's awkward. It's awkward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool though. I'm glad yeah. that she, did, did she have a good time? She did. Yeah. I think that's she good. was, I think she enjoyed, you know, seeing me that, that happy. Um, and she was like, I'll, I'll go with you for the first day. And then maybe for the second day, you can take another friend. And, you know, so I ended up that weekend going with, uh, you know, her and then like a new friend each, each other day. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So it, yeah. it made it a little bit easier, you know, but mm -hmm. yeah, I think like now that I would probably just go somewhere either by myself or I would meet like other people. Yeah. Um, I am be yeah. like in a group rather than be stuck with one person. Sure. Um, Cause then you can like split off and do different things. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the way to go. But yeah, no, I'm glad you had a good time. And I think there's such, there's such like an energy about everybody being there and hanging out yeah. and like having a good time. It's <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Um, but the one I went to was huge as well. It was in Australia, actually. It was mm. massive. Um, so that was quite, yeah, it can I, be, it can be exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to go to, to another one now. It's like now that especially it's been a little while and I've got this, this comic book related podcast that I'd love to print cards for and distribute and talk to people about and get out there. But it's like, I'm not going to a convention this year, you know, not this year, no, <laughs> not exactly, last year no. for sure. You know, maybe <laughs> next year, you know? So it's like, now I'm really excited to, to go to a show. Um, but I, I hope I can do that safely, you know, in the future. Same. Yeah, I'm so. really hopeful that next year will things will open. We'll yeah. see. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so is there anything else you want to talk about? Like, it's, so you think there's anything that's like unique to Marvel that you don't see in other fandoms? I'm just curious about that. I I do there are a couple things. Um, yeah. Did you know that the planet Earth in the DC universe is physically larger than our Earth? No. So in DC, it's because their their comics take place primarily in fake cities. But those fake cities, you know, Metropolis, Gotham, Star City, like they're also they're in the same world as New York, Chicago, you know, they're they're real counterparts. So it's like they had to come up with a reason why they're that these places aren't just like Metropolis isn't just uh, New York or whatever. Like they had to have both, but they didn't think like, well, let's just set everything in, in real places. They made up fake places. So I think Marvel from, from the get go, um, 
set their stuff in in our world. And right. I think oddly, I think that's a I think that contributes a lot to to it Marvel feeling more accessible in in some small way. Like, I mean, yeah, almost everything takes place in New York City. It's like not everyone yeah. has that as a frame of reference, but it's still it just feels a little more real, I think. Um That's interesting. And and the other the one thing that when when I kind of read that question, the the thing that came to mind instantly, as far as like who's drawn to Marvel, and and one area of Marvel that I know specifically speaks to a lot of people are the X Men, and so yes. the X Men were created in a time when civil rights, you know, in America were a mess. Right? You've got yeah. I mean, just it, it's. It was not a good time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, here come the the X Men. It's this team of mutants uh, led by Professor X, who teaches them that their responsibility is to protect a world that hates and fears them. On the other side, you've got Magneto, who believes, you know, that humanity is evil and that his brotherhood of mutants are superior, and and you know, mutants should should rule over uh, humanity. It's like they're the next uh, stage in evolution and everything. And like for them to come out with this book at this time, and it's obviously it's a, it's a metaphor. It's an allegory to mm-hmm. civil rights and racism. And um, now would it be better maybe if the ex, if they decided let's, but some some of the characters that were being a metaphor for like maybe we should have a black character in the team of X Men, you know? Yeah, going back, you know, they probably should have done that, but it's still like they they still were representing people who didn't have a voice or uh, you know these minority groups. Um, now the thing that I love nowadays is that the X Men are a huge source of inspiration for like the LGBTQ sphere, you know, like mm-hmm. that because it's, it's these, the, these books are full of characters who are different, who want to just want to be accepted, you know? Um, yeah. and I don't know of any other comics that have that type of connection with any, with an audience like that. You know, I don't know what DC books would have the same type of fan base, you know? Mm. Um, I really don't. I mean, Superman, I, I think has, has always spoke to, to immigrants, you know, he's the ultimate immigrant, you know? Um, but when I, when I think about like what comic book characters or groups like this, I think the X-Men are just some of the, uh, speak to the, to the people who, you know, haven't, haven't had it as easy as, you know, People like me, you know, I I think it's great. So that's really cool. Yeah, I have like heard of that, I suppose. But um, yeah, no, I think that's that's interesting. And I suppose like comparing it to like DC, do they have an equivalent? I don't know. I'm sure they do. I'm sure, you know, those those fan bases, I'm sure find something uh, to connect to with DC. I don't know what it is because I don't have that same frame of reference, you know, being a, a, a white man in my, in my late thirties, like I, I've had an easy time, you know, finding characters to, to read and, and, you know, so not everyone has had that easy of a time. So. 
it's, it's tough to think outside of that and to understand what, what other people, you know, I, it's easy for me to assume that other comics speak to, to different fan bases. Maybe they, maybe they don't, maybe I assume that they do because, you know, they might seem, uh, more alternative. I don't know. Right. I mean, I'm thinking of like Doom Patrol, but I, yeah, sure. Yeah. That's a much lesser, like smaller IP than (laughs) like X-Men. Um, I have read a little bit of Doom Patrol because I'm a huge fan of Jared Way and I know that mm-hmm, he sure. wrote some of that. And I enjoyed it at the time. I can't really remember much about it. Uh, I know there's a series. It's I don't even know what we have it on over here. Okay. Over here, it started on the DC Unlimited or DC whatever it was um, and then got I moved over even... to HBO. And, okay. Uh, I don't even know if we've got either of those. I mean, okay. we probably have HBO. I don't know. That um, is a good series. It's weird. It's trippy. Um, there's a character, you know, called Danny the Street, and Danny is a, is literally a street, a road, but they they are uh, non-binary, you know, and that's a big part of of their story. And and there's some couple episodes that take place, you know, on Danny the Street, <laughs> and it's it's just so trippy and weird and and uh, amazing. It sounds fun. I yeah. feel like I should probably, I might, I might have to get into that maybe. Um, well, awesome. Is there anything else you want to talk about just now? Um, I mean, I think we covered, you know, most every, most my notes and most my, you know, answers. I mean, there's, we could spend a lot longer, I'm sure talking about comics and the MCU. I mean, Oh, there was one question we didn't answer. You, you'd asked Yo. how the, uh, how does the fandom interact with newcomers? Yes. And I don't think historically that well. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, there's a reason that the Simpsons comic book guy is a stereotype. You know, it, it's real. I've seen that guy. I've talked to that guy. <laughs> you know, I, I've yeah. probably been that guy to some degree before. Um, I, I I think it's getting better, though. Um, I think fandom is getting more inclusive because we're having more, more and more creators with different voices. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still really hard to, to take a franchise, if you will, with 60 years of, of history and say, you know, this isn't just for you anymore, you know? Um, right. But I think we're getting away from that. And I think it's, I think it's better. Yeah. That's good. It's always yeah. good when, <laughs> you know, when, uh, there's less gatekeeping yeah, involved. Yeah. It's so hard when you're like so insular in like your thing to realize that like other people don't know that much about it. And yeah. like, oh, that's a stupid question. Like everybody knows. It's like, well, actually, no, it's just yeah. your circle. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it's like in, in things being for everybody don't necessarily mean that they're no longer for you, you know? Right. You know, I think that's yeah. been part of why there's been so much struggle with, you know, in the last couple of years, you know, they'll, they'll kill off a character and then suddenly, you know, a lot more legacy characters have been coming up lately. Iron Man gets killed off and then gets taken, the mantle gets taken up by uh, Riri Williams and becomes Ironheart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain America or Steve Rogers goes away and, and Sam Wilson takes up the shield. And, you know, I think things like that. I think are, are good. Uh, I love the idea of legacy characters. 
to, to show that comics can grow and, and not just be status quo for 60 years. You know, we've had the same yeah. Spider-Man for, you know, almost that, that entire time. And it's like, yeah, the character needs to grow and change. And, and if that means uh, passing down the, you know, passing the mantle on someone else, you know, great. Yeah. Uh, awesome. And there can always be, you know, infinite sp- infinite spider people yeah yeah and <laughs> and i mean with comic and, and this is again going to to uh something i learned from uh mark bernardin who said comics are all second act uh meaning like with a movie you've got you know your first second and third act, third act yeah you know comics don't have a third act unless it's being specifically written as a as a you know with a start middle and end but for the most part, you know, these these comic book companies, they just want their IP to continue. So there is no third act. So it's like they're they're no matter what you want to read, it's going to essentially it's going to stay the same. It, you're always going to have your Spider-Man, your Batman, you know, um, it might change. It might it might grow. It might uh, not be the thing you remember as a kid or whatever, but it'll still be there, you know. So. Yeah. And like, there's nothing stopping people from going back and sticking with the thing that they like. You know, you don't have to. Yeah. You you don't have to force yourself to like something if you don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. But also, you don't have to tell other people they're wrong for liking it. <laughs> right. It's also true, um, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. So do you have any closing thoughts at all? I mean, I think there's, like I said, there's a lot of history that can be daunting to break into uh, when it comes to the the Marvel Comics universe. Um, the MCU, I think, is a little easier to get into because it's been it's everything condensed down. You know, you don't have 60 years of history with Iron Man. We've got three movies of history. Yeah. So I think it's easier to get into. And like I said before, like now the MCU, while even took them a little while. I think we're starting to get more diversity. You know, you got Shang-Chi and, you know, Black Widow and eventually uh, Miss Marvel and other characters like that, that are getting uh, talked about. It's not all just Thor and Captain America and Iron Man. And, and, you know, especially now that Disney and Marvel, they own most of their characters outright. You know, I mean, we finally have the X-Men are going to be, in the MCU eventually, same with Fantastic Four. Spider-Man, of course, has been incorporated, but not outright owned. Like even those like characters are getting uh, brought in. I can't wait for what they do with uh, the X-Men and Fantastic Four, because I think you're going to get some diverse casting in there. Whereas in the past, it's all just been very uh, much the same skin tone, you know? Um, I think that's going to change, and I think that's that'll be good. Um, so that's cool. That's yeah. exciting. It's yeah. exciting for the future. Mm-hmm. Lots of stuff coming out. Yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and joining us on this journey into fandom. It's been a delight. I've learned so much <laughs> about how to collect comic books. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I know the, these uh, the questions you sent over. I think we're. Re- well thought out and or really tough to answer. So that was good. Um, <laughs> I had to really think, you know, um, well, thank you. but no, I, I, I had a blast being on here and uh, can't wait to, to hear the rest of your, your shows. 
Oh, thank you so much. So that was Travis. It was so interesting to hear about his interest in comics as someone who really viewed it as his own personal hobby and not a way to connect with other people for many years. But how as comics and Marvel movies have become more accessible, he's been able to share it with others. My name is Karis. You can follow Journey Into Fandom on Twitter at J underscore Into Fandom. I am at Karison Ford on Twitter. That's C-A-R-Y-S-S-O-N-F-O-R-D. Please also join the official Discord for all my podcasts. You can support the show by visiting patreon.com forward slash journey into fandom. Thank you for listening. Bye.